show there, lollygaggers. <laughs> Ooh, opening week has begun. We're actually getting into the third series of the season soon. So, you know, Samantha, let's get this off. By the way, again, this is Lollygagging Sports. I always forget this. We're Lollygagging Sports. I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. Uh, Samantha, I did want to kick off. I've got a serious question for you, um, which I, I fully expect a serious answer. Um, because all the talk right now, week one of a lot of weeks of baseball still to play, is the the fact that Tampa is six and zero. Are we counting that as six wins? Because they, they swept the Tigers, and they swept the Nationals, and now they get. Are, are we actually counting that as six wins? I feel like we need to grade this on a curve. I yeah, as like as a like a collectively very happy podcast right now is is what I think that we are since our teams are doing very well. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the Guardians and the Rangers are, are both doing great. They're both in first place. I believe you guys in first place. So tie with the Halos. Good. You know, we we had to do some work to get right? And then I feel like Tampa was just like, somebody was just like, here are six free wins for you. So, although, respect Detroit, because Detroit beat Houston twice. So, I just, I just want to put that out there. You say your thank yous to the Detroit Tigers for winning, you know, two out of the 17 games they're going to win all season long against the Houston Astros. So, that's pretty cool. But, yeah, I, like, can we all calm down about the Rays? Like, you remember the year that the Royals started the season 8-0 mm-hmm. and then they finished with, like, 60-something wins in the cellar of the AL Central? Because I remember that. People were really excited about the Royals. And it was, mm, guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and not suggesting the Rays are going to be that bad. I'm just saying, like, there's undefeated and there's undefeated. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I'm looking at Cleveland and Texas and Atlanta. Um, and, and some of the other teams uh, that, you know, the Dodgers that have put some pretty convincing uh, records up early that look really good. It's just, man, <laughs> come on. The Nationals, the Tigers, like, dude, like, I, I'm not going to take the wins away from you, but, like, let's, let's not get overexcited about this. Like, let's not. Best rotation in baseball. And you're like, how on earth would you know that based on these two series? <laughs> I mean, they're doing really well against the against the AAA lineups they're facing in, in Detroit and um, um, Washington. So, oof, I don't know. I, I just wanted to get that out there. Irby, anything you want to add to that <laughs> before we get into our two things segment? Uh, not just that, but I mean, it continues because it's now Oakland as well. So, fully expect them to be nine and zero. But hey, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Fine. Whatever. Enjoy it. The, the, the toll will be coming. The oh, toll will be coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, for those of you that are new to the program, we have this segment we like to run during baseball season because there's so much going on. There's so many different talking points. There's, there's the baseball. It just, it just overwhelms for an entire summer. So what we like to do is kind of have a little bit of a conversation that the three of us, We'll spot something. We'll see something. We'll we'll find a, a cool little thing that we want to chat about uh, on the show each week, and we'll, we'll bring that up. Now, you know, sometimes we know ahead of time. Sometimes we don't. That's that's all kinds of fun and fun and games. But typically, we do three. 
for the moment, we're only going to do two just for time constraint reasons. So, Samantha, let's kick it off with you. What are your two things that you've noticed so far with, with opening week of baseball? All right. Well, let's let's start with the, the new rules. Let's just we want to get sort of a temperature check here on how everybody feels about this. Um, you know, certainly if, if the aim was 100% to shorten games, then for the most part, that has worked. I think we were down at the end of the weekend by an average of like 27 minutes. <laughs> so that's that's significant. I mean, in, unless, you know, if you don't like the, the pitch clock shortening the game, then perhaps the Cleveland Guardians have team for you because they just go into extra innings and then you solve it that way. And like three and a half hour baseball game. Um, particularly when we were on the West Coast and, and we all had to stay up till 1 a.m. So that's awesome. But uh, for the most part, it looks like it's working, at least in that capacity. And, and to my way of thinking, it's actually working really well just in general, too. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other new rules later as well. But, you know, what we're getting here is, like, it's, it's hilarious to me that we have all these, like, old complaining about this there's no clock in baseball and you're like <laughs> but the baseball that we're getting as a result of this clock actually looks a lot more like what traditionalists and, and everybody on this back a little bit of a traditionalist at least when it comes to baseball mm-hmm. that's what we're getting we're getting these shorter more exciting games you know if you go back and kind of look through sort of what it was like in history you know the average game in 1924 was an hour and 24 minutes long like, it took until the 50s to, to get to the two-and-a-half-hour mark, which is, I think, we all kind of agree is probably the sweet spot, right? Two-and-a-half hours. And it's also, you know, when you put it together with all the other rules, we're getting a lot more exciting baseball. It's not just, you know, they really, really look like we're going to move away from the three-two outcomes type of stuff. And, and we'll talk a little bit about what it's done for, for offense and the style of baseball that's played as well. But for the most part, like, I'm happy with this. I think it's great. I mean, I, I will say this much. The umpires uh, seem to be among those who are having the most trouble catching up here. Uh-huh. Um, we, we've seen a, a number of sort of concerning, like, umshow situations here. And it's like, yes, we know you're getting used to this, too. Um, the, the broadcasters also hilariously um, seem to be struggling a bit with this. Uh, they don't know what to do either, but that's mostly just entertaining. Um, so on the whole, I mean, I, I feel like I'm pretty pleased with this. I, I like what's going on here. I mean, man, Manfred did something right, you guys. Did, did Rob Manfred do something right? He might have. He might have because I, I like the baseball I'm seeing so far. And, uh, you know, hasn't exactly shortened my team's games. But the other games that I <laughs> involving <laughs> other people's teams have been shorter and snappier. And, you know, we just uh, – and, I oh, I think it's important to mention that – for this to work, we didn't want it to necessarily shorten every baseball game that gets played, right? What we wanted it to do is shorten the games that didn't need to go on as long as they did. So when you get into these games, like we've seen some really exciting, like 10 to 9 games and, you know, 12 to 11 games, those games have still been in excess of three hours. And we want that, right? Like if the teams are scoring a lot of runs and it's back and forth and there's a lot of league changes, we don't want those games to be shorter. And they're not. And But the games that have been shorter are the ones where there's maybe not as much going on, and we're just kind of cutting the fat out. And it's that, to me, is a sign that it's working. We didn't want every single game to be rushed. That's not what's happening at all. It looks to me like this is a really nice balance. If half the games are shortened significantly and half are hovering right around what kind of used to be the average, then that means this thing is working exactly like it's supposed to. You know, I'll say this. Um, I was one of the, the more more skeptical of, of the pitch clock because uh, I, I was concerned about how it was going to be implemented uh, outside of a couple of ump shows. I think it's been fantastic. I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised yeah. at, at, how, yeah. at how effective 
the pitch clock has been. In fact, you know, like today, you know, I'm sitting there in the office. It's 2 o'clock. I don't want to stay past 5, but I got the Rangers game on my TV, and I immediately think, oh, wait, pitch clock. We'll be done by 5 unless there's extra innings. I just have to go home real fast in between innings. You know, like that's that's just that's – just, it's already changing my mindset of, of what to expect for a length of the game. Now, if we just – Irby, if we could just figure out how to keep these ups for doing up shows left and right, it might be downright perfect. Yeah, Randy Rosenberg just threw both you guys out for just those comments. Well, you we didn't did, even have to say. We did go you didn't have to say seconds. D-bag. Yeah, so <laughs> another ball. You know. I, yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, we got to you got to catch up. Um, hopefully, there is uh, a, a a job being done well of these umpires if they're not keeping up. That we're going to have to make some replacements in the near future. But yeah, you got to keep up because this is it, it's it's fluid. I've been happy with it. Um, having watched on TV, having gone to I went to the Ranger game last night. Um, and I was very pleased, but it did not feel, you know, I mean, it felt like we're going, it felt like we're going. And, you know, you mentioned about the day game, you know, we get a day game, a getaway game and, you know, it, things are going and it's really not taking from the game at all. Like we, we've enjoyed everything. So yes, I'm, I'm pleased. Um, this has been a pretty decent transition. We got some issues and we saw that very, very <laughs> prominently in the Arizona San Diego game. <laughs> Tuesday afternoon, in which Manny Machado called time in time, but wasn't granted, so he was ejected for saying the D word. Like, really? That, like, fifth game of the season, first inning, then umpires that offended. Like, yeah, we we guess we can't fix everything. <laughs> Somewhere, Crash Davis is very upset that that is now the word you can't say without being you know, without being tossed. Somewhere he's upset, Samantha. That's that's it. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I, no, that's. I, I feel like most umps wouldn't throw you out for that. Like it's just. I think these guys are just getting a little bit uppity because to me it's like it doesn't really have anything to do with that. It's that he knew he made a mistake. So. <laughs> so he said, "We're going to double down on my mistake." Yeah, that's not, that sounds like a yeah. major league up. <laughs> what, what else do you have for us? All right, so I was thinking we should probably discuss the minor league CBA. Uh, this is a, a huge deal, and it, it kind of it's interesting to me how sort of this was not nearly as like screaming headline ish as I think it probably should have been. Um, this is a big deal. Um, like, are they still underpaid? Yes, of course they are. But uh, we have a new CBA for the minor leaguers with Major League Baseball, and of course, let's realistic about this, you know, Major League Baseball is not, they're not trying to do the right thing here, right? They're just trying to back off calls in Congress to end the antitrust exemption. So, eh, you know, okay, it's good, but, you know, we have, among other things, we're getting enhanced housing, whatever that means, unclear, a um, little fuzzy on that, but uh, increased per diem, um, a joint drug agreement that gives players a procedural rights for testing, and uh, some help from MLBPA with NIL licensing, so all to the good. Um, some pay scale increases. These are pretty notable. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to recognize that everybody who was playing below AAA level was paid at a rate that is below the U.S. poverty line, which is $14,580. 
So um, nobody outside of the bonus babies who was below AAA was making that kind of money. So these are pretty significant jumps. You know, like Complex League went from $4,800 to $19,800, which is obviously still not enough money to live on, but it is a significant increase. You know, low A goes from $11,000 to $26,200. High A from $11,000 to $27,300. Double A, $13,800 to $30,250. And Triple A seventeen thousand five hundred to thirty five thousand eight hundred. So that's pretty significant. Um, Major League Baseball uh, will pay, I believe it was about ninety million dollars to cover the increased wages. And a lot of the foot dragging that went on here was about the fact that you know we've heard a lot out of the commissioner's office from baseball complaining about how they had to spend however many billion dollars to operate the minors, and it was only bringing in about twenty five million in revenue. So okay, it's not a profit maker. They forget that this is the system that feeds the thing that is like incredibly profitable. So I think it's a bit disingenuous to say it's not profitable because it's all part of one machine. So it's now that we're sort of recognizing it in, in this sense by creating the CBA and, and changing the pay scale a little bit. I mean, it's, I, that's the headliner, right, that everybody wants to say, oh, this is great, these guys are making more money. But I think the more important thing is that baseball is kind of folding the minors up more into what it is truly responsible for, as it should be, because you can't sit around and complain about how, like, this particular arm of this thing isn't profitable. It's, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, if you have a store and you're saying, well, it's not profitable that we have to pay someone to mop the floor of the store every night for when things get spilled on the floor by customers because we're not making any money by the janitor. But then, of course, you know, if your floor is dirty and there's, like, rats crawling around on the floor of your store, no one would want to shop there. So I don't know if this analogy is making sense or not, but, like, basically, like, you're going to have overhead, right? Like, there are things that are overhead in a profitable business, and not every facet of that business is going to be profitable, just like you don't make any money directly off the person who answers your phone, but someone has to answer the phones to direct the calls to, I don't know, a salesperson who then creates profit. I mean, it's just like an idiotic business perspective to act like the miners aren't a moneymaker because the gate receipts aren't exceeding the operating costs when it's feeding the players to your extremely profitable major league teams. So, you know, would it spare me that the heroics of, oh, we're doing this at great cost to us. No, you're not. You're absolutely not. You're just doing it less cheaply than you were before because you didn't want Congress yanking your antitrust exemption. I'm trying to figure out <clears throat> what enhanced housing means yeah it's yeah because i mean you know what that sounds like it it sounds like 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 just lawyers speak that they toss in to make it sound good i can i can answer for you oh go ahead please it's 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 based upon players with children um triple a and it really is only affecting triple a and double a players but it's it's players with children um, are going to get basically their own rooms as opposed to players sharing rooms or having roommates. So husband with the wife and kids all can be together. That's that's a, the bulk of it. There, there is more to it, but that's essentially what it is. Is It's keeping families together? Is that the easiest way to say it? <laughs> I mean, but that's like horrendous, though, when you think about what this is because that is exactly yeah. the same way that, like, cities talk about, like, their shelter systems. Like, yep. great news. Yep. Like, we're not going to split up mom and the kids in the home. Just 
Oh my gosh. This is yeah. Okay. Oh. So yeah, it's it's a win, but it's not it's one of those like, oh, we weren't doing that before. Like yeah, well Yeah. Problem big, yeah. but uh yeah, so one of the fun little things I saw uh, when reading about so the what um we live in the world of NIL and now minor league players have NIL privileges. Um I another fun one in the the world of whoopsies is they now have a uh, the right to a second opinion. Probably should have had that one sooner, but whatever. It's fixed now. <laughs> Smith, anything else you want to add there before we get into Irby's, Irby's topics? Uh, no, no. Although, you know, it seems like the right time to mention, and I mentioned this on Twitter as well, but, you know, speaking of minor league baseball, I got a book recommendation for you guys. Uh, Ryan McGee from ESPN uh, got a book out, just came out called The Surface of Baseball, which is a sort of a really fun book where he was, I mean, if you want to talk minor league pay scale, remember that everybody there is being paid badly. And, and granted, you know, this certainly would have changed since he was an intern, but he was making $100 a week as an intern for the Asheville Tourists. <laughs> $100 a week. So I'm sure it's a little better now, but it's probably something like $400 a week, which is still not great. Um, so, you know, just sort of a reminder that, that the entire minor league system is kind of like this. A very, very cool book. Really fun. He's got some great stories. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with the Astro Tourist area, Houston Astros affiliate, but it is uh, the ballpark there. Uh, way back when was, of course, where they shot Bull Durham. Uh, so they did not shoot that uh, at the Durham Bulls field. It was actually at the Astro Tourist facility. So fun fact there, but great read um, if you want to you know, get into a little bit more of the, the lighter side of minor league baseball, if you will. All right, Irby, how about you? What do you got for us? Well, I so the first one I want to jump, and this goes back to the, the rules stuff that Samantha was touching on before, and it's another one of those, and it was the, the increase, the four and a half inches um, that we have talked about a couple times on here on the base path, um, that reduction with the larger bases. Uh, and I, you know, whenever you're listening to the show, I mean, the, the numbers are going to change early on, effectively, you know, small sample size, yada, yada, all that stuff. But we are already seeing um, roughly the equivalent of an extra, a, a stolen base a game. Like, like there's already, that on top of last year, an extra stolen base a game, which doesn't sound particularly like a lot, but it actually is. Um, the number after the first week, it was actually, it was up 134%. It's gone down a little bit. I, we'll see how that number fluctuates, but essentially we have added a stolen base. You have added a stolen base and in the game of baseball, um, that can be huge. I know it doesn't sound like, it, but it really can be a big deal. So we, we are seeing teams and I, I think the number goes up because I think right now you've got a lot of teams that are just towing that line, just tiptoeing that line. And there's plenty of good data out there that shows that stolen bases increase as the year goes on. Um, so I, I anticipate that number to keep going up, but, but it has generated some offense. Um, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I know that, you know, we may hear some complaints from maybe the Ricky Hendersons of the world, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And that's, Probably the thing I like about it is that it is, we're looking at one stolen base extra, one stolen base, and that can make a difference. The fun ones will be, um, as we get further into it, to keep watching that number to see if our double play numbers go down. Um, those are going to be the funds if we, if we get more fielder's choices instead of double plays. That'll be a fun one that we need a, a, a little bit more data before, before doing any kind of uh, 
analysis there. Well, I mean, look, so obviously stolen bases are up. Smith, is, is that something you think teams are just trying to trying this out a little more? Just to see how how things will go, like like it's kind of like the new toy. You play with it more than you do any, anything else. You got, and down and as the season goes along, it kind of mellow out, or is this the new norm? Well, I think it's sort of the new norm. I mean, so far, what seems to be happening is that teams that were already built to take advantage of a rule like this are taking advantage of it. Yeah, and everybody else is kind of playing catch up. So it's it's interesting, you know, the newer model, the the teams that are building towards being more focused on contact hitting and less worried about power and less worried about on-base percentage, uh, particularly with regard to walks. Um, we're already kind of set up for this. So when you find those teams that have built that way in a way that was perhaps, you know, already showing itself to be a workable model for baseball, even in this day and age, and is only going to become more so under this, is, is that's where we're seeing, you know, the bulk of when you go back and look at, well, who's stealing bases? It's mostly people who were probably going to do that anyway, they're now going to do it a little bit more. But the rest of the league is going to catch up a little bit on this. And I, I think when you put it together with the new shift rules, like we're just going to see, and, and hopefully we're having a, a bit of a, a juice ball here, you know, they're cracking down on sticky stuff again. So all these things are mm-hmm. coming together to eliminate the horrible, dreadful, three-two outcome baseball that everybody hates and nobody wants. And, you know, it's easy to blame analytics for it, but there's a lot of things that played into this a lot of things and they're doing their best to correct it. And I think it's working so far. I think it's great. We saw the first weekend of baseball that looked a lot like it came straight out of the late nineties. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think it's great. It, ha- it has been fun. Hasn't it? I mean, it's, it, it is. It's, yeah. I, th- I think you actually said it perfectly. It's, it's taken right out of the late nineties. We're stealing bases again. We're getting them on, getting them over, getting them in. We're not relying on that three run home run. Pitchers are working fast. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 we're cutting down on the excessive strikeouts. Like now, we're going back to the strikeout that matters, the one you want to see, right? As mm-hmm. opposed to the oh, everybody's striking out, and if they're not striking out, they're walking. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Irby, what else you got for us? Well, the, the other one is, um, I and it seems like this has been going on since the '90s, the late '90s. I know it was more of a 2000 thing. Um, you know, now that we've had our first uh, suspension of the year with Mr. Rendon um, mm. sitting down four games, be curious mm. to see if the Angels continue to win without him. They they were successful with that last year. Maybe it continues here, but it's um, it's less on that um, that aspect. There's no point in getting into it. Everyone's seen the video. We all know what happens there. It's more. Um, is it me? Or does this always seem to happen in Oakland? <laughs> like we had, I mean, I mean, all the way back to Frankie Francisco throwing chairs, but it's always in Oakland. What's going on in Oakland? There's only like four thousand people there again, but still, it seems like the fight and the issues with the fans are always coming out of Oakland. So maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't leave Oakland. Keep it around. You know, Smith, he's got a point. Because, um, and I, I guess if you're an Ace fan, maybe you just see a look in the mirror and say, maybe it's you, since it always happens to you. The diff- there's different players involved. There's different factors, but the one common denominator is it's always you. So maybe just a message to to Oakland, wherever you build your new stadium, be it Vegas or Madagascar, wherever you build it, maybe don't have fans quite so close where they can interact with the players. 
Well, and I think that's the that's probably the root of this. Um, if we're talking about why is it specific to Oakland where these things seem to get really excessive. I mean, we've seen this, like, I can remember three instances of this. There's the two in Oakland that you mentioned, and the other one being Miles Straw going into the stands last year in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he, of course, did not actually get into an altercation with anyone, so I don't know if that counts, but <laughs> it's easy to, you know, look at specific fan bases and say, I could see why an opposing player might go into the stands in New York. I could see why they might do it in Houston. And yet that's not where these are occurring. They're occurring in Oakland, the team that has the smallest draw, if you don't count the feral cats of any team in baseball. So I think the problem is like, look, a lot of players have talked about the fact that you have to walk to get into the clubhouse, the visitors clubhouse in Oakland. You basically have to walk through the crowd. Essentially. It's really, really bad design. And while that's not necessarily where the incidents occurred, it does give the crowd an opportunity to get, let's say, way too aggressive with a player if they feel like it. And if that's already happening in and out of the clubhouse, then it increases the chances that somebody snaps later when some guy in the stands decides to pop off. And, like, look, in defense of Anthony Rendon and and even Frank Francisco, tacklers are, like, the worst Like, they're awful. Like, hecklers think they're hilarious, and they're not. Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks it's funny. Players don't like it. Other fans don't like it. Like, when you see a heckler in the stand, every once in a while you'll you'll find someone who's, like, legitimately funny about it. But these guys, the ones that sit up there and just lie to some guy, you're a bum, you suck, your mom, your wife, blah, blah, blah. Nobody thinks that's entertaining. So the fan is always the problem. Like, it's the players don't just go up there because somebody booed them or mm-hmm. told them they stunk. Like, this is because somebody said something really egregious to them. So, and I, I don't know that Anthony Rendon or Frank Francisco is somebody who you would look at and say, wow, well, that guy was really a problem person in this way. Like, neither one of them has that. We can name off a lot of players who would be a lot more likely to, you know, I don't know, just randomly assault someone. <laughs> I mean, like, we've never seen, I don't know, Chris Sale has yet to go into the stands, right? Like, he seems like a bit of a problem person. That's valid. Um, yeah, right? that's true. There you so, go. There to you me, go. I think this is bad luck um, on, essentially, whoever is the person who unfortunately has to hear. And, and you know, Miles Straw is fair canon about why he went into the stands. And, and it was because there were racial slurs and other things being yelled at an injured teammate. And then they threw trash at him. So, you know, when players do this, usually they have a good reason, and I I know you're not allowed to attack the fans or whatever, but it is hard to feel bad for a guy who is up there saying awful things to somebody and trying to provoke them, who then instantly turns himself into a victim when the player decides he's not going to take it. (laughs) Mess around and find out, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There you go. (laughs) Anything you want to add there, Herbs? No, I I thank you for saying that point, because you're absolutely right about the players. You know, this is... you're always, unfortunately, the player is always going to be the bad guy, regardless of what's happened, because we can't hear what's being said. But you know, as the research is found, we find out more and more. We find out that yeah, exactly that of the hecklers and I, I, yeah, the heckler. It's like the they're like the the, the elementary school class clown. Yes. Who thinks that everybody's laughing with them? He's like, no, we're laughing at you. Yeah. You never grew up. You never grew up, and you think you're funny, and yeah, I, I know it is. I'm with you too, and it's. I, I, yeah, but, um, I still, uh, in preparation for this, I did, uh, watch the Frankie Francisco video earlier today and it just <laughs> brought, it brought joy because it is that moment of, 
There's a chair. He just threw a chair. <laughs> that chair comes out of nowhere. <laughs> well, and it's true. It's the chair doesn't hit the lady straight on. It hits someone before then. It hurts her. But she falls down like she got shot by a sniper, which is also oh, another level of Why would that he flop right there yeah. on that lady? Like, go watch the video, guys. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I mean, I know you're not. Yes, you're not allowed. Please don't go around hitting people with folding chairs. You're not allowed to yeah. do that. It's not like in fake wrestling. You can really hurt someone, blah, blah, blah. Like, man, that lady, yeah, that was quite yeah. a from start to finish. That's all I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> the, the next day, her and her lawyer, she's all bandaged up with her nose. and mm-hmm. oh, She had the neck brace on and everything and the bridge over the nose. And... <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. We could talk all night about that incident, but we got to yeah. All right, so um, one of the other fun things that's that's you know great about opening week is the overreaction to what has happened, which is my first thing. Um, we obviously just talked about the race, which is the biggest overreaction right now uh, in, in baseball. But I've got a couple for you guys. I want you to let me know like like where you're at on this. Is it is it is it a true overreaction? Is is it is it more um, not necessarily an overreaction, but a stretch? You let me know where I'm at here. So we're going to start with one that is more game-wide, and I'm going to talk about the Phillies and their start because you've heard that your World Series hangover has been spread all over the place. I'm going to say that that is, that is an overreaction, that, that people are going a little far with it because they ran into an upstart Rangers team that's feeling really good about themselves right now in a weird opening weekend series. And then they go to New York to play the Yankees. So... It sucks. I feel bad for the Phillies right now because of how they open, but it's not like they got a cupcake schedule, Samantha, like the Rays got. Yeah, I also think you can tell the difference between a team that's just like, whoa, you guys are off to like a bad start, but you're going to be fine. Like, this is a good team that's playing badly. And a team like, for example, like the Mets, where you're like, I think you're really in trouble. You have a huge starting pitching problem happening. Mm -hmm. That feels very real to me, and I'll I'll come back to that one in a minute if you don't have that on your list. But to me, yeah, the the Phillies thing is an overreaction. I think they're going to be fine. I I think they ran into a Rangers team that was a lot better than they and a lot of other people were expecting and got surprised, panicked, and melted down. They're going to be fine. Uh, I don't have them on my list, but I am going to ask each of you for an overreaction of your own. So just right. put that in your pocket. Uh, the other one, this actually hit today. This is my personal. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm calling it a reaction because I am throwing this out there. Uh, you tell me if I'm overreacting. Okay. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is going to be the first pitcher, Irby. Developed by the Orioles to be a top of the rotation starter since Mike Mussina. I well, since John Means is hurt right now, I have to say yes. Um, <laughs> I I think Kramer Kramer is going to be their better one, but since right now they've been leading off of Kyle Gibson. Yes, Grayson Rodriguez is going to be an improvement over that. Um, sure, outing today was good. I, look, I wish the kid nothing but, but success. Um, he's had some rough outings. And so the, the thing with Grayson Rodriguez is limiting the bad inning. That's mm-hmm. been the issue before is, is, is the crooked inning, the crooked inning. So that's if he's figured that out, sure, this one's going to work. But, um, hey, good, good, good first start. Not terrible. Not bad. You know, hey, 
you got the job done. So build from there slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, being there, being if, if and that's the problem. If Baltimore is going to start leaning on him to be the guy this season, it's going to be a problem. But can he be the guy eventually? Yeah, maybe. I'm, yeah. I'm I, I I liked what I saw last year from Means, but <laughs> I, it's not bad to have two of those. And, and just for good measure, before I go back to Samantha about her, about her answer to this, I, I forgot to ask you about the Phillies. Is that an overreaction? The, calling it a World Series hangover is that an overreaction for you? Oh, oh, that one. I know that's that's the beauty of opening week. That's that's the funness of of, of that one. I mean, my gosh, if you'd have told me, if you if we'd have sat here, you know, a week ago, talking about, oh, we're so excited, I'd be like, yeah, right now, guys, Rangers are going to drop twenty nine on the Phillies, and they're going to win. They're going to sweep them twenty nine runs, and they're going to sweep them. You guys would be laughing me off this show. So yes, that's a fun overreaction of you hit a buzzsaw. Don't worry about it. I got three series with Cincinnati, Miami, and Cincinnati. So if you don't correct it here soon, we're going to have that conversation in two weeks. <laughs> All right. Samantha, anything you want to add about Grayson Rodriguez before we uh, get your, your overreaction? I just don't think we know at this point. I mean, he's made one start, and that's great and all. And, and he had a good start, and I think that's very encouraging. But, you know, we're a long way from being able to say whether he is truly going to be a fantastic player, whether he's going to be the next Mike Messina or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's an overreaction for sure. Um, you know, I, I know it's tempting to be real, but they have perhaps not conducted themselves particularly well in terms of being disingenuous about how much effort they were putting into making the team competitive this year. Uh, so it looked like it might be a service time issue, but, you know, he really did struggle uh, in spring training and he struggled with AAA last year or being his stuff uh, it, it got out of the zone on him a few times uh that got him in trouble it's early. one start it's i know one start. hey this is the whole it's i'm just overreacting it's what i'm supposed to do opening <laughs> week i get to overreact and i really like this stuff <laughs> i'm also happy the rangers won but hey i really like the kids stuff okay so one more before we get into the time capsule uh i want to talk to you guys about Really, you just brought up uh, the, um, the, the the service time issue we, we've seen recently in baseball, Samantha. Well, we had a lot of rookies on opening day rosters this year. Is that all, Samantha, is that all the CBA? Or is there something more to it? It kind of seems like it, right? I mean, yeah. We're going to get, if you ask any team about this, they're going to say, oh, no, it's just that this time our guy was ready. So, of course, we called him up. And you're like, but isn't it a little weird that everybody's guy was ready, like, right away before there could be any service time questions uh-huh. after we had a CBA that said, like, see, you're really not allowed to do this anymore. We're trying to prevent you from doing this. Weird, right? So, yeah, I, I think this is the CBA doing exactly what it was designed to do. Irby, <laughs> how about you? Is this all CBA? Or did, did you know, the, the front offices of these teams finally realize what they were doing was not exactly the correct way to go? I mean, same thing. It's you're never going to get the real answer. So let's let's just say, yeah, it's the CBA. This is <laughs> this is finally corrected for them um, instead of them correcting. And then you get well, I mean, and then there's the the positive, and this goes back to what you said about Grayson Rodriguez, who just got called up today, who was not going to be 
mm-hmm. it's because of Baltimore having to throw their fifth starter a couple days ago had to go four innings. Right. Yeah. So once they did that, sure, then you had to pivot and come up with a different plan. So good job on them and getting him up there instead of grabbing some 34-year-old who couldn't be, shouldn't even be pitching at AAA. And nobody wants to see that. Let's get the kid up there. Good job. It was a lot of fun, too, wasn't it, seeing these kids on opening day roster, Samantha? Like, I enjoyed that. Because, you know, the, the kids always bring such a different energy when they, when they come up. So to have that on top of opening day, that was fun. Oh, yeah, I think it's fantastic, you know. And we got, you know, two of the, the big ones, you know, Jordan Walker and St. Louis and Nancy Volpe in New York. Like, these are fun young players that, like, even, you know, if you follow minor league baseball at all, you know, if you kind of pay attention to the practice, and these are guys that we've been – interested in and they're not the only ones either those are just the headlights you know like it's been it's so exciting i think to get these kids up there and, and to kind of see what they can do and just kind of love that on top of a, a, a great opening weekend for baseball in so many other ways but you know the pitch clock is working we're seeing really fun exciting baseball and then we've got these all these young kids coming up who are going to be the future of the game and it's just, i think it's fantastic i think there's just this is a win for everybody <laughs> Irby, anything you want to add there before you take us into the time capsule? No, no, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just us Rangers. We're getting the same thing, the same joy. It's just a year later because Mr. Young, Mr. Josh Young, is not carrying any labrums lately. So that helps. That helps. Well, he looks good too, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it is time capsule time. Uh, so, Irby, what do you have for us this week? Yeah. All right. So, the, ooh, yeah, I'm excited about this one um, that I kind of <laughs> got to put together, and and it, and it became even more fun um, for me uh, last night putting this one together. So, I, as I mentioned earlier, I got to go to the uh, the Ranger game Tuesday night, um, and went with a, a few friends of mine and listeners of the show, um, Kevin, and then a friend Dallas, and you guys know these as well from other acquaintances as well. But um, Dallas and Kevin, and then. Vincent, who is a, a mutual friend of ours, so Vincent is from Montreal, a longtime Expos fan. Mm. Can't do that one anymore. Um, and then now he is a, a, a Red Sox fan because he had to pivot and find something else. But he is also very hopeful to have the uh, a baseball team back in Montreal at some point. But um, in honor of finally, yeah, he didn't want to pivot he, to the Marlins. <laughs> uh, no, he did not. He did not want to. So. Okay. Um, but last night, me, meeting Vincent, um, in honor of meeting his fam, him and his family, um, wonderful spending time with them, um, I wanted to talk about the World Series win that never happened. Oh. And that was the 1994 Montreal Expos. There we um, go. Beautiful, good. beautiful youth team. Uh, no, I, I, I knew it was a young team. I think we all knew that. I didn't realize so the Jeff Passero, starting pitcher, was the only regular over the age of thirty. Everybody else was under thirty. But the, the 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 starting eight, the hitting the hitting eight, all under the age of twenty eight, twenty eight or younger. Marquise Grissom, Moises Alou, Cliff Floyd, Larry Walker, Will Cordero, some guy named Pedro Martinez, Ken Hill, John Wetland, Mel Rojas, Gil Herrera. I mean, I keep on beautiful, youthful. So I, I that's what I wanted to throw that the, you know, I, we can't going through this, you know, we don't have a 1994 World Series, but let's just go ahead and say 94 World Series would have been yeah. the Expos in Montreal. So I don't know if you guys want to, anything y'all remember on that or you want to add before I give you the other ones. 
Um. Hmm. Nothing on that. That was a fun. He did the strike season for those that don't feel with the, the strike was, short yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. What he's not saying. I mean, he has to say we don't know that it would have been Montreal. We don't know that. I do. Okay, that's I do. <laughs> that that's fair, but like like you know, because there was no World Series, I feel like we are allowed to take that leap. And I agree with Irby. I think it would have been Montreal to win it that year. That was that was an impressive base. And it, it actually kind of sucks because the strike killed baseball in Montreal. Can you imagine if there was no strike? Yes. And that yes. team had gone on to win the World Series in '94. What baseball would be like in Montreal right now? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the, the million-dollar question, right? Would that team have been contracted if the strike hadn't happened? Right. It, probably not. Um, there, there was a lot going on there that was, I think, unduly affected by that strike, like more so than other cities. So it really does make you wonder. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's just absolutely terrible. I mean, love the Nationals, and it's great as a baseball team in Washington, but um, Montreal really didn't need to lose their team. <laughs> and I definitely like the Expos more than the Blue Jays, so there's that. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, so celebrate. So, there we go. We got the World Series done. Um, 1994, Super Bowl. Uh, that was Niners, wasn't it? No. Mm-hmm. It was the Cowboys. No, 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 Cowboys no. no. I, w- I was thinking 94, 95 seasons. I say I always do that. Yeah, it's Cowboys, Bills. Cowboys, it Bills in Atlanta. 95, at the end of 94, 95 season. That was Niners, Chargers. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the the Bills, their fourth straight vote. Do you remember the score? I was like twenty eight to seventeen or something like that. You gave Buffalo too much credit, thirty to thirteen. Oh. And then uh, MVP. Emmett Smith. Yeah, it was Emmett. There you go. Eggman was. There you go. Yeah, Eggman was the year before. All right, so uh, NBA Finals. That was Rockets. Uh, Rockets. Rockets, maybe Rockets next. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, because that was the year before the Magic made it. That was that was the, was that that was the Rockets' first year of their back to back. Yeah, that was the first of the back to back. Yeah, yeah. Rockets, yeah. Knicks, uh, Houston uh, did it in seven. Did it in seven. Uh, Stanley Cup. Switch over to hockey. Okay, that was kind uh, of a big one. Yeah, that I'll was. Just mute, I'll just mute myself. <laughs> 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 uh, 90, 94. Wasn't that the Rangers? There you go. New York Rangers ending their 54 year drought. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Who do they beat? Was it the Kings? Was it? No. No. No, that was a uh, that was a good young team as well. That wasn't right where to be. Vancouver Canucks. Oh. Uh, they did it also in seven. But yes, that was the iconic Mark Messier celebrating with the. Yeah. Confetti falling, and um, there you go. All right, so 94, this is also a World Cup year. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. If, if I'm not mistaken, was that the one that was in Dallas? Well, there were games in Dallas, yes. This was hosted in the United States, um, but they the, all ended out in Pasadena, the, the Rose Bowl. But um, go with the obvious. I'm trying to get to the two in the finals. <laughs> Uh, Brazil, and Brazil, Argentina. Brazil won. Brazil won. Yes, uh, but no, they in uh, PKs they defeated Italy. So <laughs> talk about a chocolate um, World Cup. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, this is also '94. This is the beginning of the split 
in the Olympics. 1992, we had Summer and Winter Olympics. In 94, two years later, we had Winter Olympics again. You guys remember where it was? Lilyhammer? Very good. Lilyhammer. You know where Lilyhammer is, right? <laughs> Norway? Norway. There we go. Good job. Uh, yes. For the record, uh, I did not. Yeah, hey, <laughs> two major stories in there. One, if you were in the U.S. and the rest of the world. The other, if you were in uh, cross-country skiing countries. Um, do you guys know the main story that everyone talked about? <laughs> is, this, is this the Tanya Harding incident? Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy all Kerrigan. those shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course I remember the attacker and not the victim. <laughs> right, right, that's it. The, the other one, um, while the, the whole world was talking about that, going on a big deal in the home country of Norway was the men's 4x10-kilometer cross-country skiing event. Mm-hmm. Big deal in Norway. I know I, as much as I watched this, I probably have pawned this off on you guys. Uh, amazing race. Uh, Norway, I- Italy, and Finland all came down to the end. Norway held off Italy by 0.4 seconds to win the gold medal. But the kicker here... There were 150,000 people in attendance watching that relay cross-country event. Wow. So. I'm sorry, that just can't compete with Jeff Galuli and Tony Harding. It's true. Squad. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, broken skateways. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the gift that kept on giving. It was. It was um, golf. There was a uh, there was a young amateur, um, Tiger Woods, won the U.S. Amateur at age of eighteen mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety four. Uh, college football for BCS. Any idea who won all that? Ninety four. Florida State. Florida State won nice. the Orange Bowl. You remember who they beat? Nebraska. Woo! You want to you want to go for it all and guess the score too? <laughs> oh, hey, I this was a wide left year, right? Um, but no, I don't remember. I, I tell you what, <laughs> Samantha, if you want to just toss a guess out there, I'll, I will award an additional jar of dirt. Oh, and the score? I have no idea. I think this was the wide left year. I was a big Florida State fan at this point in time. If you can't tell, um, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I suppose we were all Florida State fans thinking the other choice was Nebraska, but I was very busy with Florida State for a couple of years there. Um, but, yeah, I know I know what the score was. I know it was close. No. Um, it was, it was. Eight, 18 to 16 was the final. Not, not a lot of offense in that one. Um, Charlie Ward led that Florida State Seminoles team and also won the Heisman that year. Wow. Oh, yeah. um, last one before we get into our movies and music, college basketball, men's college basketball. <sighs> Wasn't this a Duke year? Duke is the yeah. team that lost. Mm. Duke lose to. Oh, oh, Connecticut. No, good guess. No? I, th- I believe Connecticut was the next season. Connecticut won right here. Okay. Um, hmm. This was a the the coach was well known for the way he played defense, and that he was going to put you through forty minutes in hell. Is the Bob Knight thing? No, not that crazy. That would be Nolan Richardson's Arkansas Razorbacks. Oh. I would sure, never have never heard that. of the guy. 
Okay. Arkansas beat Duke 76-72 that night, which I think is kind of funny when you talk 40 minutes of hell that you gave up 72 points. I don't know. Maybe I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought eighteen sixteen would be that. I don't know. <laughs> Listen to Pig Suey for for forty minutes. That sounds like hell to me. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> uh, all right, so you guys, I, I, as always, I'll leave it to you. Movies or music? What do you What do you want to start off with? I mean, we have to start with movies, don't we? Both. Yeah. Okay, with the music, I feel like we always start this way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a some solid, solid, solid choices this year. All right, ninety four. No um, let's see, ninety four, ninety four. Uh, I think this is wait. Well, oh, I know one. Although I don't, is, is Santa Claus in there? Yes, the original Santa Claus. That was ninety four. Wow, yeah. was released November eleventh, nineteen ninety four, and it finished fourth. On our list. Well, of course it did. It's a great movie. I just didn't realize it was that old. I was thinking that was like late 90s, early 2000s. Wow, 94. Okay. Um, Possibly my favorite movie of all time. Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't think it was you all of my favorite movies. You know that or Blaze of Glory. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Um, uh, so this is Lion King, right? Lion King? Boom. Number one. Lion King. So there's our first jar of dirt. Yeah. First jar of dirt, Lion King. Oddly enough, uh, Lion King uh, released in 1994, um, 295 million gross. It was number one in 1994, but when you compare it to all time, number two in 1994 actually ended up making more money. It was released on July 6th, a month later. I didn't know what this is. Is it Forrest Gump? Uh, oh, good one, too, right there. Forrest Gump at number oh, two. Oh, Forrest Gump. Right, okay. 94. Is this Aladdin? Is that the, is that the Aladdin year? No, no. We've already got our, we already got our Disney. Okay. We got our Disney with the Lion King. You, you, you're good on your Disneys. Okay. Lion King and Santa Claus. You got your Disneys. No more Disneys hiding here. All right. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I think it is. Um, no, not a Dumb and Dumber, but you, you you might have one of the actors right. Oh, Speed. In the top. Well. Speed was 94. Yes. That's true. I, I That is definitely a switch from comedy oh, to. The there you go. Good job, guys. Well done right there. Speed comes in at number seven uh, with Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber <laughs> and Keanu Reeves. And at number eight, Jim oh. carries the mask. Wow. This was a great year. This was a great year for movies. Uh, okay, uh, you still it, got a couple big ones. Great. Is, that is a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, is, the rest of them are pretty good, though. Is there a Batman or a Star Trek in '94? I uh, no, no Batman, no Star Trek. Okay, so is no there either Hook or Mrs. Doubtfire? Mrs. Doubtfire coming in at number nine. Yeah. Was, um, interesting the... thing with Mrs. Doubtfire, that movie was released uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Okay, thank you. In 1994, and it made 110 million, and that wasn't even half of what it grossed. So definitely a post New Year big boost with that one. Hmm. Okay, what else was there in '94? 
You guys are going great, man. You need a Christian movie. Ooh, keep going. There you go. There you go. Okay. So, all right. It's too late for the firm is before this. So, it would have to be the client or the Pelican Brief, I guess. Probably the Pelican Brief. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Well, hold on. So, it is a client. Your client is 13th. I, I messed up for a second. I had the wrong author. Um, John Grisham's top movie that year was The Client at 13. I had oh. a different, very popular author, similar type of genres. Oh, I know. You want the Tom Clancy, right? Um, Tom Clancy, yeah. Sorry about that. Well, this is not Patriot Games, the other one. Clear and Present Danger. Clear and Present Danger coming in at number six. It's a good movie. Good, good Harrison Ford yeah, it's a good right film. there. I like both of those. Um, so, yeah, look at you guys. All right, so y'all are, you're, you're missing three, five, and ten. All right, three, five, I'm, and ten. I'm impressed. Three, five, and ten. Okay. Um, hmm. And you're also going to love the honorable mention list, too, if you don't hit anything. The honorable mention list is almost as good. Oh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction? Is Pulp Fiction this year? Pulp Fiction came in at 19. Wow. Ah, okay. Wow. Well, that was early Quentin Tarantino. He wasn't. He wasn't as big that big yeah, of a deal yet. Was very he? early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. He he was barely removed from working at the video rental store in '94. <laughs> um. So we've got. Um, all right. What I'm looking at uh, definitely a nonstop action upon action on top of action movie. Oh. Um, we've got a, um, yeah, and then when there was a pause in this movie, there was more action. Um, and then we've got a, uh, kind it's, of a... It's too late for Commando. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, kind okay. of a, a reboot of a, a family favorite. And I guess this would be, yeah, this would be a drama, is, is your other one. Okay, so 94... Let's see. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Bruce Willis, any of those in there? I would stick with one of those three, yes. Well, that's not very okay. helpful. Okay, so, <laughs> um, all right, Demolition Man, um, Eraser, True Lies. True Lies, yeah, I was thinking um, True Lies. There it is. True Lies, nice. number three. Great movie. Great movie. One of his, what was his line when he fires the missile? You're fired. It was uh, one of the originals. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Was there a lethal weapon what? here, too? Oh, yeah. No, no, not a lethal weapon here. Mm. Um, no, because you're down to, so you're down to a drama um, that I've actually never seen. Um, and then a, a remake of a family favorite that we, uh, we did watch um, the generation a little bit older than us. Definitely enjoyed this, but then they remade it into the original. Nowadays, we see lots of cartoon to live action. This was probably one of the originals. Oh, is that, okay. So the cartoon to live action family. Huh. Okay. Um, okay. What well, could this be? Flintstones. It's not. It's not Disney, right? So. There it is, Bo. Flintstones. The Flintstones. Nice. Good job. I don't think I would have gotten that. Yeah. I that. that was the one with like Rosie O'Donnell in it, right? Yes, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell, John Goodman, Rick Moranis. It was such good casting outside of her. 
Like, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it was such good casting. Uh, except for Rosie O'Donnell, who oh, was just not a good Betty. I'm sorry. Like, nothing against Rosie O'Donnell, but she was not a good Betty. She wasn't terrible, but whatever. All right, so you got on the number 10. Number 10, drama. All right, drama. Um, uh, I feel like I can give you the actor, but it, you're going to get eventually just because the volume that he's done. Um, but this is definitely not what he would be considered for. Uh, and this was a Dramatic Tom actors, Cruise movie. It's a Tom Cruise movie. 94... Is it too early for Mission Impossible? Um, uh, no, I believe Mission Impossible is the next year, but that's, yeah, or 96. It might have been 96. Yeah. It's not Days of Thunder, is it? No, that's 88. Mm, yeah. Far and Away? Oh. No. Good, good, good guess. Good guess. Hmm. Can't think of any other dramas he did. Hmm. Yeah, me either. I'm, I'm struggling with that. Because the only dramas I can think of was, like, are all 80s films. Mm-hmm. Or they come way late. It's like way late. Um, the rest are all action movies. Um, all right, I'm pulling up my cast. Okay, so to help you with the cast also, build with him, Brad Pitt... Oh! Oh! Irby, this isn't a drama. It's a horror movie. I, okay. Is this interview with a vampire? I haven't seen it. Is this interview with a vampire? Yeah. Yes, interview with a vampire. Yeah, yeah, that that, that would be horror. horror. (laughs) (laughs) Per, in my defense, per IMDb, it is listed drama, horror, fantasy. So I should have, yes, I should have said drama, horror. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not comedy horror <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, uh, no that genre I exists that genre exists yeah, there, there was, this, yes. there was this, what was that movie called oh sure like Army of Darkness or Shaun of the Dead there you go yeah okay. <laughs> Army of Darkness there you go uh, alright to, to blow out the uh, honorable mentions like I said lots of lots of great stuff in 1994 um, it didn't take 11 Maverick 12, Schindler's List. You mentioned mm. the client. 14 was Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. 16, Ace Ventura. We got Pulp Fiction at 19. Grumpy Old Man at 20. Uh, 25, The Little Rascals. Oh, yeah. 29, Angels in the Outfield. Interesting cast. If you haven't seen that movie, go look at that cast. That's a heck a of a cast. Who... Yeah. A heck of a cast. I, I, I always forget the kid. <laughs> <laughs> what he is now, yeah. Yeah. Um, 30, 31, The River Wild. Oh, oh I like that movie. Great film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So underrated. 32, D2, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 37, Tombstone. How's that number 37 with that cast? I, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. 43. I... I December twenty fourth, oh, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. it made forty of its fifty six million right off the bat. So that one definitely didn't get a lot of love in ninety four. Bad mm-hmm. timing for when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Forty three, Major League Two. No, not your favorite, Bo, but we're getting there, right? We're getting. There. Uh, this, no, it, it's, 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 it just doesn't have the the comedic value that three had. So there you go. Yeah, and then um, 
but we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, all the way down at 73, Little Giants. <laughs> 73? Ouch. 73, Little Giants. Not a lot of love Never for, the, seen for the Little, little Giants. Yeah, Smith. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you would have liked it, Smith. Honestly, I, like this doesn't seem like your cup of tea. And I assume that's what I figured at the time. <laughs> 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 I've never seen Angels in the Outfield either. Uh. Yeah, I, of the two, you probably enjoy Angels, Angels in the Outfield more. Just just knowing your your taste. Okay. They're very young, Matthew McConaughey in that movie. Not quite as young as Daisy Fuse, but right about that time. <laughs> well, that'll put me off. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, but all right. So well done on the movies. I, I'm I'm impressed. Y'all did really well. A lot of good stuff. You guys, uh, well done. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. Um, so we will move on to music, in which I'm very confident in you guys. And also, the bad news is the movies didn't really help you out here. Oh, okay. Hang on. <laughs> hang on, though. Wasn't there a jar of dirt? In the movie section that we that, that we need to award. Yes, here. yes, Samantha. Samantha's got she's got part of the jar there. She's got one of them. All right. Okay, so ninety four. Um, Whitney Houston's got to be in there, right? Oddly enough, Whitney does not break. Wow. The top ten. Wow. Like Mariah Carey. Yeah. Mariah does. Um. Okay, well, let me think. Uh. Ninety-four. So, what? Without you or hero or? There you go, hero. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Hero comes in at number five. Okay, I think I got. What is there another? Mar- is there another Mariah Carey, or is it just that one? Uh, no. Without you comes in at sixteen. Oh, okay. Okay, I have some guesses. This is from a movie, actually. What happened to that, um, what, it's like a Musketeer movie or whatever, but it's the song, it was like a Brian Adams song. Um, oh. Well, Brian Adams and Sting, All for Love or whatever. That yeah. Was, like, that, was it Don Juan? Very Pedro, good. Yeah. And that was um, All for Love, that was Brian a- Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart. Yeah, that Rod was. Stewart, that was the other one. That, okay. I think that was, the, yes. and that was the title track for the Three Musketeers made by Disney. You are correct. Both well, well done. Well yeah. done. Well yes, done. That was indeed. Well done. That comes in at number eight. So, yes, well, that is from the movie. But John Juan DeMarco was the other song. That's right. The, the Have You Ever... What is it? I don't know. I don't remember. But also, Brian Adams, I believe. He's on those friends. Um, also, I have another guest. Okay. Uh, Lisa Loeb, Day. I know that was Lethal Lobe and Nine Stories come and stay at number six. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Job. Ooh. And then I want to guess um, Ace of Base. Boom! Have yourself another jar of dirt. The Ace sign? of Base. What? That, the oh sign. God. Number one that was song. One. Number one. Nice. Oh my God. I mean, it was catchy, but, like... It was catchy, but, hey, you want to know what, too, guys? (sighs) Keep going. Oh, with the Ace of Base? Keep going with Ace of Base. Oh, so all that she wants. Yeah. All that she wants, coming in at number nine. (laughs) Hey, guess what, guys? Keep going. Got it. Was that the only album released in 1994? 
Well, also, wasn't the only album released by Ace of Base? I mean, <laughs> 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 wait, wait, so are you saying there's another one? There is. Keep going. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, is, um, is it the summer song? Um, nope. No. No. Uh, I'll get there. Um, the sign, all she wants. That's the only thing I can think of. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. Comes in at number 10. Yeah. <laughs> Ace of Base. One, nine, and ten. Gotta give it to the Swedes. Gotta That's give it to the Swedes. <laughs> wow. Okay. I am so glad you guys named it one by one. I wanted to do it just like that. So I'm like, there you got it. Now keep going. You got another. Keep going. <laughs> that is it. There is no more Ace of Base. Wow. I would hope um, not. How about Salt and Pepper? Is this Shoop? Um, Love that song. No, Salt and Pepper. Shoop comes in at number 29. Uh, wow. They do. Uh, they also. Um, Wada Man. Comes in at fourteen. Okay. Yeah, everyone's um, listening to the Ace of Base. Sorry. <laughs> Man, that was back when pop was awesome. <laughs> so yeah, you guys are. You got one. You got your jar dirt. You've got um, five, six, eight, nine, and ten. How about some oh. early Celine Dion? I was just about to say There we that. go. That's really funny. There we go. We got some so... Celine. So is it If You Ask Me To or Power of Love? I think those the Power of Love. Yeah, that was big, 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 big at the middle school dances, guys. Yes. Oh, power of Love. All uh, for a, yes, I was wearing flag socks with Birkenstock at that dance. <laughs> <laughs> Someone asked me to dance anyway. But yes, the, the Power of Love um, by Celine Dion coming in at number four. Yeah. Oh, Celine, good for you. Yeah. All right. Pop was better back then. You're right. Pop was a lot better back then. <laughs> way better. Like, even Speaking the bad of... pop was better. Like, the bad stuff was good, you know? Like, I, I respect it. What, what, I about, respect what about the King of Pop? What about Michael Jackson? Ooh. I know Michael this time around. Ooh. Um. No, Janet? I'm not seeing. I'm seeing Janet uh, coming in. Not, not in our top ten. Janet, uh, Janet checks in at twelve with again, and then she later checks in at where are you, Janet? Uh, anytime, any place at number thirty. I don't even think I know what that one is. Okay. Um. Oh man, wait. Is this is this regulators? Is this the regulators here for? No. Good guy. No, no regulators up at our top. <laughs> that would have been. Um, but no, regulate. No, no, no. You got the year. They did oh. not make the top. Sorry. Oh. Warren G and Nate Dog regulate. Popped off at 22. A little, a little sad by that. Yeah. Kind of, kind of even deflating when you think I can throw this one out because I know you're never going to get a 10,000 to one. But uh, John Mellencamp's uh, Wild Night came in at 15. So. John Madden oh. Camp ahead of Warren G and Nate Dog, kind of. That's weird. <laughs> he's late for him. Yeah. I feel like he's past time by then. Um, but what do we have left, Herbs? Yeah. Uh, 
Two, two and three, and seven. Two, three, and two, seven. Two, three, and seven. So, okay. two, two, and three. Uh, the groups two and three, not the same, but very similar music styles. And uh, number seven, she is an American R and B singer. That really narrows it down. <laughs> Just, just two names. Doesn't go wait, by a single name. Is there, it does the that? Same person? Wait, wait, wait. Is it the same person? Is the last time we had that hit and we couldn't figure it out? Is it? Wait, is it Tony Braxton again? Please Very good, Tony. Tony Braxton. <laughs> wow. I was just guessing because that was the same thing you told us last time and we couldn't figure it out and it turned out to be Tony Braxton. <laughs> so there's no chance I have notes on here of that. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Tony Braxton. Um, do you know the song for her in 1994? Uh, I can probably figure it out. Um, okay. So, is it called Breathe? Breathe again. Breathe. Well done. Breathe there again. you go. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. You actually just triggered me because there's a line in True Lies that mentions Madonna. Is Madonna on this oh. list? Oh, 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 oh. Good, good guess in there. No, Madonna comes in. She tops off at thirteen with "I'll Remember." I love that song. Oh, that's from with that's from with Honor. That's yeah, great movie. Yeah, that great is movie. movie. Yeah. I tell you what. I, I tell you what. We're, we're going to talk overreaction. I think that's Joe Pesci's best role. I am not going to disagree with you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But you think, so yeah, all right, so before we get to a three, also, um, your number one movie, Lion King, you know, Can You Feel the Love Tonight was the highest Lion King by Elton John, topped off at 18. Wow. So, as you see, your top ten movies. No, this is true. This is true. But I, I kind of wish Hakuna Matata was a little higher, but, you know, I didn't get to do all the voting. You're also, you're also a little biased. <laughs> There were actually several songs that were better than that one. Like the, you know, I have a lovely bunch of coconuts, which is sort of a song. It is definitely better than. Mm mm mm. Oh. One small one, one song you had. Um, I don't know if I have the words. I have lovely bunch of coconuts. All right, so we're just two and three. We're two and three away. Um, I I stick with the. Uh, Stick with the pop mindset that y'all were having. That that, that hits you with the ace of bass. I really stuck on the Lion King right now because I realize there's another song, not song in there. The R. Yakin. Yep, yep, yep. For some bacon. <laughs> He's a big pig. You could be a big pig too. Good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Nathan Lane. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, God, that's right. Nathan Lane did voice. Um... Come on. Thank you. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. And who I forgot about that. Um, all right. All right. We're getting really distracted. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm just go through the entire cast of Lion King, and I'm going to be singing that song all night. Um, all right. So Ace of Bass esque. Yeah. Keywords esque. The girls, okay. Uh, Spice Girls. Too early. Too early. No. Too, yeah. 
Did it stick with that pop group? No. Oh, so not Ace of Base. I'm but, but, but Ace of Base wasn't just girls. It was girls and guys. There were guys in that band? There were two guys, yeah. Really? <laughs> Wait, there were more than two people? <laughs> oh yes. Gosh. I thought it was oh. two girls. That's really funny. <laughs> wow. Uh, it helped. Their names were uh, Johannes and Ulf. All right, so. Ulf, Ulf, I'm sorry, Ulf. That's so disrespectful. I feel bad about this. I own that TV too. I'm not Ulf. I mean, technically speaking, technically speaking, Millie Vanilli had their backup singers was one guy and two women. No. No. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to add to your pop. You guys have got you've got a group here. You've got groups. We've got pop. I'm going to add R and B pop. I'm going to add R and B to that pop. So R and B okay. pop. So this has to be like Jodeci or All for One or what is the All for One. There you go. Oh, I Stay with All for One. I swear comes in at number two. Oh, God, that's right. Doesn't that show up again way later when that country band redid it? It's the same song. They covered exact it. Exact same like song. Brooks they covered and, it. Brooks and Don or something. No, yeah, that was um, that was John really Michael Montgomery. Oh, my gosh. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I forgot about What do you think he's up to these days? I forgot about him. I don't know. Like, you know, we, we we went to see Clay Walker a couple months ago. He's still doing good. Clay Walker. Is he the guy who sang that song Little Rock? No, no that was Colin somebody. Yeah, no, he, Clay Walker was. I think he was always on his own. Walker. It was good though. I don't even remember him. It's, yeah, well, yeah. I'm actually, I'm sure I do. I just can't place him right now. <laughs> okay, but he's not our guy. Okay, so no, definitely all, not our guy. Not, no, no, <laughs> not, not country. No. All right, so all of the ones we need, another one. I mean, it could be. And the last one, uh, same thing. Gray. No, uh, think harmonizing, harmonizing. Oh, boys, to boys to men. Ah, uh, okay, so. God, ninety four. Alright, so this is, and it's not the one with Mark, we already did the one with Mariah Carey. Um, so this is like their second album, right? Yeah, so Water Runs Dry. All Make Love to You. There it is. I'll Make Love to You. Boys to Men comes in at number three. Wow. <laughs> not their best work, but okay. It's really not. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, some other interesting ones that get our Honorable mentions. Prince is the most beautiful girl in the world at number 19. Oh, man. I forgot about Prince. How did I forget about Prince? Yeah, because well, it was 19. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah. Cheryl uh, Crow's All I Want to Do at 34. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the first. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. I'll I'll do Anything for Love by Meatloaf at 38. But I won't you do that. something really funny? <laughs> I listened to that song today. I'm serious. I listened to that today. I was like, I'm feeling the and I listened to that song today. Um, it's very, very big on our seventh grade cheerleading spot. Well, that might help with some of these other ones. Uh, and at number 42, 
Well, there it is by tag team. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I forget that that was a real song. That was, that, that was big in the, in the second Mighty Ducks movie, too. It was. Yeah. It was. Um, number 50, Loser by Beck. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a terrible song. Uh, yep. 54, Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> was that in Philadelphia? Did they use that in the movie? Uh, yes. Yes, there was. Yes, there was. I think yes. so. Yeah. yeah. Right. We should get that. Um, go back to your, 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 cheerle- your dancing days. Yeah. Um. Tootsie Roll by 69 Boys came in at number 65. Oh, that was a bad song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, uh, that was, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. So. But um, let's just say that uh, Hakuna Matata was up there, too, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, 1994. Amazing movie stuff and music dominated by the Swedes. Ace of Base. That's our first one. Three top tens. Oh, yeah, I, it is. It, I don't know what that says about us, like, as a country in 1994, that the first time at any point during this time capsule segment that we hit three, three songs in the top ten. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> trivia. Beautiful information. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm going to have that. He's a big pig. You could be a big pig, too. And my head on that. That is the sign. Right? Maybe I'll match it off. I'm, I'm here for this. I am here for Weird. this. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good time caps of the herbs. 94. 94. True. You know, we actually have a true lie series now. I am not decided in terms of whether I'm going to give it a shot or not. Yeah, I'm going to no. I'm going to stick with Arnold. I, I feel uh, like, yeah. I, I don't think I want to do that. Because that's, that's, that's one of my favorite Arnold movies. Not just him, but, but Tom Arnold Tom as well Arnold, as the comic relief. Tom Arnold's hilarious in that film, and that's not, that's not a phrase I normally say. <laughs> but, um, I did see a I did see a good reference to True Lies the other day. Um, did y'all ever see Nathaniel Lowe when he accepted his uh, Silver Slugger award? Go look up Nathaniel Lowe's Silver Slugger. The outfit that he's wearing looks like Bill Paxton oh, in no. uh, in True Lies. That's kind of amazing, actually. I need to do yeah. this. I can't it, figure it, out what this is going to be in my head, so I'm going to have to. Oh, I yeah. can't. Think Hakuna Matata when you're looking up these pictures. <laughs> I'm nothing. I'm navel lint. <laughs> I can see that scene right now in my head. <laughs> okay, I'm going to watch True Lies now. That's fine. I enjoyed that film. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Don't forget, uh, before you leave, to give us a like and a review and a subscribe. Uh, help us out with that algorithm. Get some more lollygaggers in this bunch. Until next week, watch some baseball. It's good for you. <laughs> <laughs>